you know, we are handling God's word, and this is, this is what has the power to save lost people, and it's what has the power to transform Christians from one degree of glory to another, making us more and more like Jesus as we understand God's word. So we don't want to read our own thoughts into it. We want to get God's thoughts out. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. We are very committed to expository teaching and expository preaching. And I'd like for you to just talk a little bit about what that is and what that looks like fleshed out in in, uh, in the preaching ministry of Snowbird or, or a church or any ministry uh, and why it's so important. Yeah, it's, it's huge because we're talking about how we handle Scripture, which is ultimately what any, anybody who preaches or teaches, that, that is what they're going to answer to God for. So I think Second uh, Timothy um, 2.15 is a good place to start. Um, Paul says to Timothy, young preacher, he says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So that's why we'll say, like, how you handle the Bible, how you handle Scripture. And what he's talking about is handling it with accuracy, like handling it correctly, because, man, you're going you're gonna to give an account to God for how you do that. So um, in how we handle Scripture uh, when we're teaching students and, and when we're, we're preaching in these conferences is that we want to make sure we get the message that God has put in the Scriptures, that that is what we're taking out of the text and then uh, fashioning it for people's understanding, Take, taking it from its original context, what God said, what he meant by that, and then, and then articulating it, saying it in such a way that people understand it in their context, in, in, in their language, and in, in a cultural setting where they'll get the illustrations and it'll hit home with them. So that, that's the hard work that he's telling us to do is and make sure you get this right. So, you know, we use the term exposition, and it can, be, it can make it sometimes seem like more than it is. It, it just simply means, man, we want to explain the Bible really well. We want to explain the Bible for, for what it means. Um, and then, so that, that for us, for the preacher, the teacher, that means, okay, I need, to, I need to dig in. I need to do the background work to make sure I'm getting uh, the context correct. So the original language, the... The, the grammar, the historical setting, the context of how um, that passage is written. Is it, is it inside of a narrative? Is it inside of an epistle? Because that's going to shape right. how you I'm understand gonna it. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. We got, a, we got a, a 15-year-old group of kids in a small group, and they're listening. They're watching this right now or listening to this. Explain what a narrative is. Explain what an epistle is. Um, and explain, uh, you, you touched on something that I think it's important for, for any person reading the Bible to understand, and that was the original languages. Just very briefly, what, are, what do you mean by original languages? What is narrative, and what is an epistle? So the Bible, when it was originally written, when it was given to God, to men to, to write down, um, that it was written in the Old Testament primarily in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. Um, and so... So yeah, that to really understand the context, you know, of what what's being said, you know, you can't. We have great English translations, and when so when a student picks up a 
NIV or an ESV or a CBS or New American Standard. They're, they're handling That's God's word. And it's, you know, good, godly people have worked, worked really hard to make sure we have um, as close as possible to the, what, what God meant for us to have. But there are times when it's really helpful, um, especially when you're preparing to preach and teach, to you know, dive into that a little deeper and make sure you're understanding it as best you can. Um, and then the, uh, what, what was your, your first, the first question you uh, asked? You used the word narrative and epistle. Right. Use those two words. Just explain a little bit, very briefly, what yeah. is a narrative, what is an epistle? A narrative is a cooler word for story. Uh, so, so yeah, if you have the Gospels, it's, they're the stories. It's a narrative of Jesus's life. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, it'll be God's making a, a point. He's teaching us something that he wants us to know, but that'll be stretched over a lot more verses as a story unfolds. And an epistle is just a letter. Uh, a letter. It's another word for letter. And so what was happening there is usually you had an apostle um, somebody with with special authority from God to speak to the church, and he's writing on behalf of God. And, and when he sends out, he's giving instruction, he's giving doctrine, he's giving essential teachings for the church. And so there's a lot more like slammed into uh, fewer verses. It's, it's more, it's dense with, with theology and doctrine and all this important stuff that we need to learn. Um, and so when you're teaching through or studying through an epistle, you're really going to go a lot slower, and you may not get as far to get a lot of meaning out. Um, now, when you're teaching through a narrative, you may cover multiple chapters of the Bible to get one main big point that God is teaching. Uh, like uh, maybe an example of a, a, bo- a whole book that's one narrative, I think of Jonah. You could You could teach, I think we've done this, where we taught the book of Jonah in one sermon with one main point. Whereas it'd be very difficult. I mean, guys have done it, but it's very difficult to teach the book of Romans, which is the one of the lengthier epistles, in one sermon. You do it and do an overview, but it's not. You can't give it the kind of um, attention that it needs to be given. So, yeah, that's good. I really appreciate. And it really is so important because uh, you know we are handling God's word, and this is this is what has the power to save lost people. And it's what has the power to transform Christians from one degree of glory to another, making us more and more like Jesus as we understand God's word. So we don't want to read our own thoughts into it. We want to get God's thoughts out and give them to the people. Um, and oh, so, yeah. Interrupt you again. Yeah. Because I think you just said something that somebody needs to be warned who might be listening to this. Whether you're a teacher, a preacher, or someone who listens, you've got your favorite TV preacher or someone you enjoy listening to their podcast. Um, you just said something that essentially we have to be careful. And even there's a warning there for the preacher that these are not my words. And so as a preacher, you don't get to approach the scripture and figure out what does this mean to me as, as the launching point. Now in the end with, you know, you mentioned application. Yeah. We want to say, okay, what does it mean to me in the context of how do I respond to what God is saying? So there is a, I do need to say, what does this mean for me? Or how do I respond to this? But, but the, the point is, a preacher who, who takes a, a passage of Scripture and says, 
here, here's what I think about it, or here's my opinion on this. Or we have to be very careful with that because God is not, he speaks clearly. There's depth and there's mystery, but he's speaking clearly to us through his word. And so the job of the preacher is to make sure we say only what he's saying, no more, no less. Yeah. Um, so anyway, nothing to, I just wanted to insert that because I think that's profound when you said, when you said that, it just made me think there's some people that maybe don't understand. This is, this is a big deal. We're tampering with the word of God yeah. when we don't say what it's saying. And it, it sets people up because, um, you know, that, that, that preacher who's doing that uh, and maybe comes to a passage and, you know, or is going to preach and they read a passage, and then, but they never really get the meaning out of that passage. They, they've got their own sermon kind of already prepared that's more based in what they see in culture, and then they find a passage that they think on the surface is saying that, um, and they may say really good things in that sermon because maybe they've got good teaching from how they've grown up, like they've got good doctrine, right, the, the right essential foundational things about Christianity. They've got those things in place, so they're not teaching bad things. They're just teaching badly because it sets up the listener to be dependent on a preacher to tell them uh, what the Bible means. When we teach expositionally, um, one of the great byproducts of that is that by just by example, and the more and more you sit under expositional preaching and teaching, you yourself learn how to approach Scripture. So if I'm always listening to somebody who takes Scripture out of context, even if they're making a good point by it, a biblical point, I'm learning that I can take Scripture out of context. I would never think of it that way. I'd never say it that way, but I'll do it. I'll go, I'll wait for situations to roll into my life, and then I'll look for something in Scripture to address it, but I'll just find something that does it on the surface and take it out of its context, and now I'm wrongly applying Scripture to my life. I'm not, I'm not seeing God correctly. I'm not seeing the world correctly. So, yeah, one of the great byproducts of teaching expositionally is people who sit under that, they're going to learn how to approach the Bible, study the Bible, apply the Bible on their own. And that, that's the goal of good preaching and teaching is we're discipling. We're, we're teaching them what this passage says on one level, and on a deeper level, we're teaching them how to come to Scripture. Yeah, I think it's such a good point because if you're sitting under poor teaching, you're actually being trained on how to interpret the Bible in a, in a poor fashion. Whereas, right, if we're, if we're doing a good job t- actually teaching and preaching the Bible, then someone is able to say, oh, I can see exactly how they did that. They're just walking through this text. I can do this when I go home by yeah. myself. It's good. Yeah. That would be the best compliment somebody could give you as a, as a preacher is that they went home, read the passage, and that it it make it, they were able to find why you preached the way you did that's right. just from the scripture like that's great. What is uh, when you guys give a concise definition? I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple words here. What does the word hermeneutic mean? What is a hermeneutic? Yeah, hermeneutic is. I mean, we it's we use it mainly for the Bible, but it is any way of actually of studying a text, trying to figure out the meaning of a text, and so you'll have different things that will uh, that will. Um, that will color the way that you interpret. So we would talk about, we have a historical grammatical hermeneutic. So we want to know 
what did what is it saying in the historical context, which you talked about, and then in the literary context as well. So we let those things govern the way that we interpret Scripture. Uh, one thing that you and I have always appreciated was a sermon we heard on on this topic. And the, I, I remember there were two quotes that to this day stand out. They've informed the way that I preach. This was years ago. One is, um, if I, I like to condense things down into like simple thoughts. So if we took all of this and kind of condense it as a preacher into a couple simple thoughts, one would be um, the, the, the preacher, the reader, doesn't inform the Word of God. The Word of God informs the preacher. So I should be saying what the Word of God has informed to me, okay, or has informed me with. As the other thing that, that we've talked a lot about is um, I don't, I don't come to the scripture to master the text, but to be mastered by the text. So I'd like to say one thing uh, I think that's really important, especially whether you're listening to preachers or you yourself are a preacher or a teacher of God's word, is that, um, man, I've read a lot of books on exposition and, and how to preach, and it's super helpful, and, and you should, like, we should, we should study it, like the, the hermeneutic. That, that, that's, a, that's a science, it's a discipline, it's an art form, and so we should sharpen those skills. But I think there's a danger in following in, into a ditch of its exposition needs to look like this and pick your favorite preachers or group of preachers. You know, that, that, that my form of exposition should just like, look just like Mark Devers or John MacArthur's or John Piper or Chuck Swindell or... Stephen Furtick. <laughs> And, uh, Wait, he doesn't do exposition. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, because there's so much freedom here. There's one guy. He said, um, "Exposition is truth poured through personality." So there's some some basic principles of what exposition is of getting the word of God correctly, like knowing what God said, and then fashioning it for people and giving application to that. Here's what it meant to them originally, and here's what it means now, and here's what it might look like in your life. And if we do that well, there's so much freedom. I think, you know, Brody is a phenomenal storyteller, and he thinks of illustrations. I mean, they just fly out of them in normal conversation. It's it's part of the gifting that God's given him and how he teaches, and I love that. You know, but I don't need to necessarily feel pressured that I've got to come up with, I should have five jokes in between these points, or I should have this kind of story. You know, that, that's not how I'm gifted, but I, I should use story and use illustration um, to do it. But uh, I'm just going to say a name. I'm going to drop a name. My favorite preacher to listen to. This is going to blow y'all's mind. Y'all know him. My favorite preacher to listen to is Jeff Martin. It's my favorite preacher to listen to. I listen to Jeff Martin. Uh, probably more than I listen to any other preacher. He's a pastor. He's a good friend of ours, one of Zach's seminary roommates. And um, Jeff Martin pastors Redeemer Community Church in Johnson City. And um, he he does a phenomenal job of contextualizing. He's in a, the community there, sort of the, the community and the feel is very, it's got kind of a hipster feel to that community. There's a lot of outdoor enthusiasts. You've got paddlers. You've got mountain bikers. You've got adventure outdoor type people. Um, you've got a, a high, high, um, there's a lot of college students there because there's two. Co- it's a college town. There's two colleges. 
So they have a ton of college students, a ton of college students that attend. And he does a phenomenal job of, of practicing all these things. Um, and one of the things that I always appreciate is the care that's given in the balance of the, the mining out of the main point. And I, and I could say this for any preacher that I appreciate. For you guys, I, this is why I always feel like I'm in the presence of guys who personify what we're talking about. That's why I love working here. I'm surrounded by guys that do this well. Each of you guys do this well. The hard work of mining that main point out and then bringing illustration in that has purpose. I, I think for a responsible student pastor, if they if they see their goal as the long-term discipleship of their students, the most important thing that they can instill in their students is the ability to study the Word of God on their own and to understand what God is speaking today to them. And that is why we are going to do everything we can in our power to help them see an example of that and then not just see an example of that, but to walk them through it, walk them through it through breakouts, small groups, and... Uh, yeah, and personal conversations. Yeah, and I guess the sort of the closing thought on the whole conversation or, or in answering this question would be faithful expository preaching is always going to drive the, the, the text, is going to drive the listener towards the gospel. Like the, the gospel is, is somehow connected to every page of Scripture. It is, um, it is critical that the gospel be held up and held out by the teacher, the preacher, the speaker. So some point in the, in the uh, exposition of that text, the teaching of that text, the gospel is going to be present. It's going to be clear. And I think that's, I think what, what is the, the phrase that it's the crowning, um, it's, it's the crowning moment of the, of the sermon or the message is when the gospel is clearly on display and it's beautiful and it's powerful and, and it's ultimately the goal of expository preaching. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at swoutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required. <laughs>